block sports, big 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 block sports. Big block sports. We are back. It is episode six D. We got our NFL picks coming up for this week. Let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. We have some exciting games coming up this week. I can't wait to pick them. Last week, I think I did pretty good. I share my picks and my posts. I'm sorry. I share my picks and I share where I was right and where I was wrong on Instagram now uh, via graphics. I might bring it back to the podcast. I know that I did that for um, the first two episodes, but now I share them on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Big Block Sports. And again, if you're watching this video on YouTube, hey, go ahead and like, go ahead and subscribe. If you're listening to this video on any audio podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe. I appreciate you joining. I appreciate you coming from episode A to episode B. Let's get into the picks. Let's get into the games. I have the spreads up. I've noticed doing this the last few weeks that without the spreads, I'm a little uh, not really sure. I mean, there are some teams that you just know, like, you know, um, the Rams or the Chargers, if they're playing somebody like the Jaguars, like it's an easy pick. But there's some games where it's it's really it's really close. Um, I always think the over under is interesting. I try sometimes to pick, you know, the over or the under. Uh, but here I'm just going to kind of use the spread to guide me in the right direction. I think for the most part, again, I usually don't pick ahead of the podcast. I kind of do live picking. I do kind of glance over the schedule just to make sure that I got A, the right week, because I almost just pulled up a week six from 2020. Um, but of course, I noticed it because I was like, wait, we don't play the Colts. We're on a bye this week, San Francisco, I mean. So I knew that was the wrong week instantly, but I, I have glanced at the list. There's some interesting games, but let's get into the picks. Let's not waste any time. As usual, we have Thursday night football, which this season been relatively uh, entertaining. I thought the the last Thursday night game with the Rams and the Seahawks was exceptionally entertaining, right? Both quarterbacks, Russell injuring his middle finger. Actually, I want to say, no, Russell injured his middle finger. Stafford injured his pointer finger. Um, so it was definitely a, a, a finger full episode of episode full of figures, fingers, whatever terrible joke I'm trying to make now about last week's game. But this week's game, a little less exciting. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Buccaneers, of course, being the defending Super Bowl champions, are the favorite by seven points. I can see Philadelphia keeping the game close, right? If you're into betting, I could definitely see Philadelphia covering that seven points. But I don't think Philadelphia has what it takes to win the game, I think um, if Tampa Bay was maybe more of a of a running team, if they didn't have some of the explosive wide receivers that they have, like Antonio Brown, who's having um, a, a renaissance year, as they say. Um, but I like Tampa Bay over the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think the Eagles keep it close, and I, I do think they'll cover that spread. But I do not think they will win the game. 
you know, Tampa Bay is a little shaky right now because of their defense. I do think Philadelphia has some weapons to try and exploit that, but I do not think that um, defensively Philadelphia has the ability to slow down Tampa Bay. Looks like the point total is at 52, which is one of the high. Uh, it's actually tied for it's the second highest uh, point total this week at 52 and a half points. So I, I could I could see each team getting up in the 20s, given the way how both of their defenses have been playing. But I still like Tampa Bay uh, to win this game. I like Philadelphia. I just don't think they're there yet. So we got Thursday night football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the dub. Next game, Miami at Jacksonville. Miami um, is the favorite. They are they are a three and a half point favorite. One of the lower point totals of the week, 47 points. I could definitely see the game being under that. I could see a lot of interceptions in this game. I could see a lot of fumbles. I think both teams will be doing their best to lose the game <laughs> instead of the opposite. Um, uh, again, I know Miami on paper should be the better team given the spread and everything. Um, Jacoby Brissett, like I mentioned last week, I didn't pick the Dolphins either last week. Brissett, is he the worst backup quarterback in the league? No. Is he the best backup quarterback in the league? No. Is he better than Trevor Lawrence? He's more experienced than Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think Lawrence probably has better arm talent. I think Lawrence can definitely move better than Jacoby. Um, even though Jacoby got some moves on him, you know, he he scored that one time in overtime um, to help the Dolphins bring the game close, but they lost anyway. But um, you know, I'm gonna I am going to. This is a this is another game in the United Kingdom, which means it's uh, all's fair. And Jacksonville, if you haven't followed the team, they are one of the NFL teams um, who are, I don't want to say they're, they're moving to the United Kingdom, um, but they, they are definitely ha investing heavily in their team's presence overseas. Um, they're, I, I might have read an article two years ago where there was even considerations of Jacksonville moving the franchise permanently to the United Kingdom. Um, but I'm sure somebody in that meeting started talking about the accounting. Um, and as an accounting major myself, the money that it will be spent on flights and um, accommodations for other teams, because then the other teams are going to have to fly over there, or either Jacksonville is going to have to spend a majority of their games on the road. I just don't think it would be a conducive idea to have a team in the United Kingdom, but I think Jacksonville is a team that if you want to look it up, has definitely been doing their due diligence in creating somewhat of a home game type of experience in the United Kingdom. And for that reason, and also Trevor Lawrence, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is finally getting, getting the NFL game down. Um, I'm going to take a flyer on the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Miami Dolphins this week. 
I'm actually located in Miami, Florida, so I can't, I can't, I can't say that too loud, especially by this window, because um, the Dolphin fans might get a little whatever. But taking the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Miami Dolphins in the United Kingdom this week, the Dolphins are a three and a half point favorite, and I don't care. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars in the United Kingdom Florida Bowl because both of these teams are from Florida. Jacksonville Jaguars with the upset. Book it. Next game, 1 o'clock, we got Minnesota, Carolina. Minnesota somehow is a one-point favorite. Um, Carolina, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's happening with Carolina. I mean, I know what's happening. Sam Darnold is happening. Um, you know, there was so much talk about Sam Darnold when he was with the Jets that, well, it's the team and it's, it's Adam Gase and, um, you know, he doesn't have any weapons and, um, you know, he's under a lot of pressure being the savior of the franchise and, you know, all of these things. And in this season, well, he has weapons. Um, DJ Moore is an exceptional wide receiver. Robbie Anderson is an exceptional wide receiver. Tommy Tremble is a young up-and-coming tight end. It'd probably be way more of a landslide uh, for me, at least in this game, if um, Christian McCaffrey was playing. I think he's questionable. I'm not sure if he's going to suit up or at what percentage of health he will be if he suits up. I think Chuba Hubbard has actually been pretty effective. But Sam Darnold still fumbling, still throwing picks, still looking like Sam Darnold out there. And for that reason, I'm, I'm going to take, and that's not really an upset. I feel like it is. I do feel like Carolina is the better team. I am taking the Minnesota Vikings over the Carolina Panthers. I think the air um, is starting to come out of the ball in Carolina. I think the next few games for them will be very difficult. I think Sam Darnold is slowly turning back into the pumpkin that he was in New York. And I think Kirk Cousins and, and the Minnesota Vikings, uh, who just came off of a um, hard-fought game against the Lions, learned a lot about themselves, that they can overcome deficits, and they can win a game they weren't supposed to win. And that's kind of where we are here, too. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings over the Carolina Panthers. Book that. Next game, 1 o'clock, Houston. At Indianapolis, obviously Indianapolis is a nine and a half point favorite. Is that the highest spread we got this week? It is. No, it is not. It is tied for the highest spread that we have this week. Indianapolis, again, showed a lot on Monday night. I know the D Ravens defense is banged up, but they still have a great defense. Wink Martindale is still a great defensive coordinator. Humphreys, Clark, um, they lost Judon, but they still have some pieces uh, up front. Uh, McQueen is a great linebacker for the Ravens. But the Indianapolis Colts show they can score. Moali Cox, several big passes. Pittman earned that touchdown on his own. And again, Jonathan Taylor, every time he got the ball, it was almost like a house call. So I like the Indianapolis Colts. I know the spread right now is nine and a half. I think the Colts beat them by more than that. I can see the Colts beating them by two touchdowns um, over the Houston Texans. So I'm going with the Colts, the most dangerous. They were 0-2. Now they're 
one in four. <laughs> the most dangerous one in four team in the AFC, the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm just going to keep that ruse going until it plays itself out. We have uh, another one o'clock game. And this is this is uh, this is a game that I will be on Instagram Live talking about. Um, if I make it home in time, not that I think about it, because I have a I'm going to Las Vegas this week, so Viva Las Vegas. But um, if I get home and settled in time, there's a show that I um, do on Instagram Live with two other great. NFL podcasters, Walt um, from the East West Sports Podcast Network, and uh, he has his own uh, Goats and Rings podcast that I've been on several times talking about uh, several topics from college football to NFL games. Uh, he has a great episode that he just released this week. That is every Tuesday night, so I want to say Know that sports, Mr. Memorial Drive. Know that if you don't know nothing else. So us three have a Instagram live show every Friday where we talk about the game of the week. And this game right here is on the radar for us for the game of the week. And that is the, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens. I think we're seeing a bit of a preview here of the AFC playoff run. I know that on my Super Bowl episode, which was two weeks ago, last week, I don't know, you know, I just be saying stuff. And then I realized like two weeks later, it came to fruition. Um, or, which is usually the case, I say stuff and it was way off base, but that's the fun part of having a podcast. But anyway, Chargers at the Ravens, no doubt in my mind that I am taking Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens in this game. Don't ask me how they're going to win. Don't ask me what they're going to do to win. I just know that with Lamar Jackson, it's going to be very difficult for anyone to beat the Ravens, regardless of who they're playing on the other side of the field. If they face a team like, let's say, Cleveland, or a team who really likes to run the ball like Cincinnati um, or Seattle, um, you know they, they can play that game. You know, they can run. They they had a consecutive record for rushing for 100 yards. I want to say they tied the record. They didn't actually break it because they didn't mm, reach 100 yards last game. But they can play that game. Or, hey, just like the Chargers or the Chiefs, right? We saw the Ravens play big um, passing game NFL football, right? So they are versatile on offense. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is exceptional. Nothing against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. The Ravens are a three-point favorite. It's a little bit of a surprise given the injuries on Baltimore, but again, that is just how great Lamar Jackson has been playing this season. I am taking the Baltimore Ravens without a doubt. I do think the Chargers can cover that three-point spread. It's a small spread. I do I do think it'll be a close game. I don't think either one of these teams, just like the, the Browns game last week, I don't think either one of these teams have the ability to blow each other out. But um, I do like the Ravens in this one just because the physicality that they have on offense, I'm not sure if the Los Angeles Chargers can meet. Baltimore Ravens over 
the Los Angeles Chargers. Next game is Kansas City at Washington, the Washington football team. And, you know, this is a totally off topic, but I had no idea that this whole John Gruden situation is actually the Washington football team's fault because they were looking at emails of the football team. Um, and that is where they just so happened to come across emails from John Gruden that were sent to Bruce Allen, who was a part of the team. Obviously, John Gruden at that time was not in the NFL. He was uh, an announcer. Um, but yeah, if I'm Gruden, <laughs> I mean, if I'm Gruden, I'm obviously jumping off a bridge, first of all. Let's just put the world out of its misery. But second, that was extreme. I apologize. Mental health is a real thing. Get help. Um, this episode has gone off on a tangent, but it was just funny to me that all of this hoopla around John Gruden is actually the Washington football team's part. A fault, I should say. But with that being said, Kansas City lost a big game last week. They are chomping at the bit to take it out on somebody. And unfortunately, I think Taylor Heineke and the Washington Red, uh, Washington Redskins, the Washington football team end up against the buzzsaw. Kansas City is a six and a half point favorite. Again, this is another game where I can see Kansas City scoring double digits and taking the game by double digits. I see the point totals 56. Yeah, I'd probably take the under on that, but I'd say it'd be like 30 plus points, Kansas City, and then whatever's left, um, that'd be 16, right? No, 26. 3026. Nah, it'd be it'd be more like 4016. <laughs> I can see 4016 more than 3026. Um, but I'd still probably take the under. But I'm taking Kansas City to win the game. I think they will win big over the Washington football team. Our next game is a division game that's always uh tough. I think um again, there are several divisions in the NFL where regardless of the record, regardless of how the team is doing, um, there's just some games in every NFL season because of the rivalry between the teams, because of various things that might have happened last season or the year before that games take on more than the teams that are in them. This game, Green Bay versus Chicago, NFC North battle um, in Soldier Field. Green Bay is a four and a half point favorite. And, you know, like, I really want to pick Chicago. I really do. Justin Fields showed that he is capable. More than Justin Fields showing he's capable, because he's always shown that he's capable. Matt Nagy showed that, hey, you know, like, I do know what I'm doing, sort of. Um, I'm not going to pick the Bears. Sorry, Bears fan, to let you down, you know, bear down or whatever your little tag is. I am taking the Green Bay Packers. They are a four and a half point favorite, and I think they will beat them by four and a half, five points. I don't think, like I said, it's a tough NFC North battle. We're not quite, are we in winter yet? I don't know. See, I live in Florida, so it's like summer all the time. But I want to say we're getting close to that snuggy weather season. Um, and that's where Green Bay excels, except when they're playing Colin Kaepernick. 
Let's go. Uh, we got Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay over Chicago. Again, I think Chicago has the opportunity to cover that spread. Again, Green Bay has showed they've allowed teams to come back. Um, Detroit, they squeeze out a win against them. San Francisco squeeze out a win against them. So Green Bay is showing they, they, they will let you score. But I do think at the end, Aaron Rodgers outplays Justin Fields. And I, I can see Chicago having a fumble or something on a kickoff or a muffed punt or some sort of special teams blunder that takes it over the top for Green Bay. Next game, we have also 1 o'clock, Los Angeles Rams, New York Giants. The Rams are nine and a half point favorites, and this is the largest point spread of the week. And of course, why wouldn't it be? Los Angeles Rams will beat the New York Giants. Um, without Saquon, I can't, I can't say that the Giants will even cover the spread, which is at nine and a half. Uh, I think with Saquon, I would believe a lot. I think with Saquon and Daniel Jones not coming off an injury, I could probably say that, well, the Giants have a great opportunity to cover that spread. I still don't think they have a chance to win the game. But with Saquon on demand, Daniel Jones questionable. Um, again, there's a promising outlook that he'll play this week. But I still think the Rams um, are too much for the Giants at this point um, in the NFL season. At any point in the NFL season, I think the Rams will beat the Giants. So Los Angeles Rams big over the New York Giants. I don't even think the Giants will cover that nine and a half point spread. Cincinnati at Detroit. Cincinnati is a three-point favorite. This is like the perfect underdog game for Detroit, right? You got Cincinnati, who just had a huge letdown. Detroit just had a huge letdown. Cincinnati probably feels like they should have won that game. Detroit probably feels like they should have won that game. Detroit is used to being in that scenario. They've shown that they can come back from heartbreaking losses several times this season to lose again, of course. But they've shown gumption. Cincinnati has yet to kind of be in this weird, like, are we good? Are we beating terrible teams? And then we lose to good teams. Cincinnati's in this weird kind of, they're in this ascending stage. Um, I would love to take the Lions, but nah. Mm. Nah. Cincinnati wins the game. Hopefully the Lions do not lose the game by another last second field goal or we might have to get some some eyes and some some support groups or something for Dan Campbell and the rest of that squad. But Cincinnati all the way, um, three and a half, three points. Yeah, I could see Detroit covering that spread, though. But I think Cincinnati wins the game like, you know, like 21-17. Uh, well, that wouldn't be a cover now, would it? Uh, 2017 would be a cover. Actually, be a tie. So it'd have to be like uh, 1917, or um, I could see like 1614 because the Lions get a because the Lions give up a safety or something stupid. Um, but I can see Detroit covering that spread, but I don't think they'll win the game. This game at 406. Um, Probably one of the other games of the week. Let me look at the rest of the schedule. Yeah, I would say between Los Angeles Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens, 
Um, and then this game, the Arizona Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns, I would say those two are probably going to be the most competitive games uh, during the week here. Cleveland coming in at a three-point favorite. So, and then, you know, and this is also what's weird sometimes about college football. The Arizona Cardinals play in a tougher division. They um, are more dynamic. They have more going on defensively. Uh, J.J. Watt, <sighs> I don't know what happened during the 49 game, but J.J. Watt looked good, and I was like, yo, this dude is like 130 years old. How is he out here throwing our players around like that? But J.J. Watt looks good. I just hate myself talking positive about the Cardinals. It's so hard to have an objective podcast when you love the 49ers, but Arizona looks good. They beat us barely, but they beat us. They're still undefeated. They play in the toughest division. They beat the Rams. They beat the 49ers. Um, they're probably going to beat, I don't know if they already have, but they'll beat the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks stand a chance with or without Russell. And for some reason, they're still a three-point underdog to the Cleveland Browns. Um, and I'm I'm not taking that. I'm taking Arizona in this game. Um even with the three points, even if it was the opposite, you know, I would take if Arizona was the favorite by three points, I'd still take Arizona. And I don't think Cleveland will cover the spread either. Um, the over-under is 49 and a half. I could see that 25 each, basically. Um, or like 23, 27 or something, Arizona. I would probably take the over on that game just because um, Arizona's gonna put up points and Cleveland's gonna have to put up points to score. Um, so I could see in garbage time, Cleveland trying to really air it out, almost kind of how they did last week uh, against the Chargers. But I, I'll, I'm taking Arizona for sure in this game over the Cleveland Browns. I'm still not um, still not sold on the Browns, and I apologize. I know there's so much hype about the Browns. There has been so much hype about the Browns since they drafted Baker Mayfield, right? Like, we got our guy, finally, you know, after 19 quarterbacks, uh, he's he has, he's he's been there, you know, last consistently, he has not been injured. Um, so I can totally see how, obviously, Cleveland fans are like, yo, this is it. But for me, again, they still, they, they, they do not have that pedigree where it's like, a, sh a shoe in for sure that this team is going to um, go far in the playoffs. And I know last season they win the playoffs. Oh, you know, they blew out the Steelers. Look at the Steelers now because they're basically the same team except for Najee Harris. And he's not, he's been playing great the last two games, but it's not like he's blowing the game out of the water either. It's the same Steelers team that the Browns beat up on in the playoffs. So don't make it seem like, oh, they they dominated the Steelers. And I'm like, bro, I could I could probably get a touchdown on the Steelers right now. Probably. If I if I stretch my leg out real good, because I got a little back issue right now. But if I stretch my leg out and I'm, you know, I get some C4 in me, some pre-workout, I could put one up on Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Straight go route or or deep post. I actually play defensive back when I played football, but I'll play wide receiver just to go against 
um, the Steelers right now, and I could probably get one. But yeah, taking Arizona in the game um, to beat the Cleveland Browns, and Arizona remains undefeated. 425, we got Dallas at New England. I think Dallas has hit a stride. I think they've finally been able to incorporate Zeke and Mike Pollard effectively. Again, I think originally I saw the loss of Michael Gallup as bigger than what it's actually turned out to be. Um, Amari Cooper continues to impress. Like he's 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 probably one of the most like, I don't want to say he's underrated because everybody knows Amari Cooper is a beast. He's just, maybe it's because his personality is so quiet and, and nonchalant. You know, he's not your typical um, diva wide receiver. I mean, even look on his team, right? Like if you look at the way CeeDee Lamb carries himself and the way that Amari Cooper carries himself, they're like polar opposites, like CeeDee Lamb, colorful hair, diamonds, jewelry everywhere, visor, all that. Amari Cooper barely has on like gloves sometimes. Like he's barely out there <laughs> with sleeves. Like I don't think he wears sleeves or tape or anything. Um, he's just so, so automatic though. Um, so I think initially I thought the loss of Michael Gallup in the slot would be a huge um miss for the Cowboys, but they, they've overcome that by incorporating Pollard and Zeke into the pass game more. And then Cooper and uh, CeeDee Lamb are just feasting right now. And Dak Prescott, you know, I know I joke with um, Nodat Sports all the time. It's Memorial Drive all the time. He's he's all old because he's a Cowboys fan, right? So obviously he's like, yo, Dak Prescott. This was like even before the season where, you know, we weren't even sure if Dak was going to be available week one. He's like, yo, Dak is winning comeback play of the year. And I was like, nope, that award is going to Jimmy Garoppolo. And here I am <laughs> week six. And I, I got to agree with him. I, I'm not sure who else um, is up for comeback play of the year, but I, I Dak has to be, if he's not one, he's got to be two on that list. I, I, Actually, now I think about it, I could put Nick Bosa up there because Nick Bosa's having a great comeback season this year. I'm not sure, first as a quarterback like Dak Prescott, who obviously quarterback is the center of every NFL team, I'm not sure he'll be able to overcome or, or outshine Dak Prescott when it comes to comeback player of the year, but Dak's up there. And, and New England showed a lot last week. Mac Jones continues to show growth in his development. Um, Patriots defense is probably a lot better than people give them credit for. I, I, I do think the Patriots will cover the three and a half point spread. I do think it'll be a very close game. I could see it being a low scoring game. The total point total right now is 51. I could probably, I'll definitely take the under on that. I could see like a 17, 10 game. Cause I know new England is not going to be airing it out crazy. Even if they get down big, I just don't think Mac Jones at this point in his career is at that second level window throw yet. I think he's killing the check downs. He's killing the quick outs, the slants, the tight end button hooks. I think he's killing those. When he starts to develop that post route, when he starts to develop that deep out, deep over, um, there'll be a lot more um, explosive in the pass game. But right now, I, I think both of these teams, I think Dallas will get up 14 zip early and I think they'll shut it down 
and just run Zeke for the rest of the game, run out the clock, milk the clock, and they might finish the game like uh, 2017, or I could see like 17, uh, 14, where the, again, I think New England will cover the spread, but I do not think it'll be a high scoring game. And I think Dallas will win the game easily. Uh, let's see, Las Vegas um, at Denver. Denver is a three and a half point favorite. And this game, um, again, we talked about some of the more prevalent games, Arizona, Cleveland, Los Angeles at Baltimore. This game's sneaky good. Um, Las Vegas is in disarray. I think that's the only reason why I have some hesitation in picking them. Sometimes, though, um, when a team is in disarray like this, um, it brings them closer together, like it galvanizes them because they now all have like a common a common thing, um, especially with some of the 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 player, right? Carl Nassib, obviously uh, the first active openly gay NFL player to come out, being a part of all that ooh, with John Gruden, you know, just, you know, that's something that, that, you know, I could see galvanizing the team where it's like, hey, our coach thought of us as, as these derogatory names and they thought of us as these kind of people. Let's show uh, John Gruden and the rest of the NFL what we're capable of. Um, Denver Broncos coming off of, uh, who did Denver play last week? They lost. I want to say they lost. Yeah, they tried to come back at the end and Teddy threw that interception in the end zone. Damn. Um, Denver over Las Vegas. Las Vegas over Denver. Wow, this is a tough game to pick. I'm not even going to lie to you. Uh, defensively, again, pass rush fixes everything. Carl Nassib, uh, Max Crosby coming out, screaming off the edge. Hey, Von Miller is playing very well. Playing very well. Playing very good. Um, and the corner that the Broncos drafted, Sertain, already looks... Um, exceptional. I think I think if Trayvon Diggs was not having the year that he was having, uh, Sertain has the opportunity to show that he's he's probably one of the best corners in the league. But Diggs in Dallas, yo, <laughs> I had like I had an idea. I think on Hard Knocks, I saw him have to cover Amari Cooper, and I was like, yo, Diggs is kind of nice because he. There was that episode where he was. Um, he was betting Amari Cooper, like, yo, you're not going to catch nothing. Amari Cooper did end up catching something that practice, but then the following practice, Diggs got him. But even the catches that Cooper was getting, I think there was one he totally, like, lost him on. But for the most part, slow feet. Diggs has slow feet. And I mean that in a good way, right? Um, as a defensive back, wide receivers are going to come off the line. They're going to shake. They're going to jug. They're going to have these leg releases now that are very popular where you got your foot going back, you got your foot going forward, your hips doing this, your neck's doing that. Diggs didn't fall for any of that. You know, he was almost, I don't want to say he was flat-footed, but he was basically like, okay, make the move already. <laughs> and then when Cooper made it, he broke just as fast as Cooper did. So, um, sorry, I just got off on a tangent on how incredibly great. I think he can win defensive player of the year. Like, I don't see why not. 
why wouldn't he win defensive player of the year? I mean, the only thing he needs to do now is like get back there and return a punt or something. <laughs> but um, my cousin is a Broncos fan and I'm going to take the Broncos in this game. I just think the, the hoopla uh, of all that's going on in Las Vegas is distracting the players too much right now. I know they're going to do their best to try and lock in, but I'm pretty sure they're fielding questions all week. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it's boiling. I'm sure it's boiling over in some of their minds where, and this is probably, you know, this is sometimes how things happen, right? Like you interact with somebody and you're like, well, that was interesting. But then overall, you don't have any, you don't have any kind of baseline to, to, to relate it to. So you're like, well, you know, maybe that was just an awkward interaction. I'm pretty sure there's several players on that team who are like, yo, I knew something was up with this dude. <laughs> and now it's come to fruition and they almost feel like their whole life is a lie. Um, so I'm taking Denver. I think the, the Raiders um, don't have it this week. Again, a tough division game. I think Denver shows that they will be able to outlast the Raiders in this one. I could see the Raiders covering the spread, though, because it's only three and a half points. Again, I could see a very close game like, you know, 33, 30, um, which definitely means I'm taking the over because the point is 44 right now. But um, I could see the Raiders covering the spread, but I do not think they will win the game. I'm taking the Denver Broncos in this one. Sunday night football. They probably should have flexed this game. They should have. They should have flexed uh, Arizona, Cleveland, maybe into this. I don't know what who who they play next week. Maybe it was too short a turnaround. Or they should have flexed. Well, we just had the Chargers um, on Sunday Night Football, so I can see why they maybe didn't want to bring the Chargers back. But Seattle and Pittsburgh on Sunday night. Geno Smith versus Big Ben. Um. Pittsburgh's a four and a half point favorite. I'm taking Pittsburgh, regardless of the points. I'm taking Pittsburgh again. I know Geno Smith had a strong showing last week coming into the game. It was almost basically um, prevent time at that point in the game. I know probably a lot of people that watch Seattle were like, hey, Geno Smith might be a fine, might be a diamond in the rough. Listen, um, he was a. He was where he was at for a reason, right? Um, I think, you know, there's not a lot of Kurt Warners out there who, you know, end up behind, you know, somebody like Trent Green and kind of come out of nowhere and then they get thrust in the starting role. And now he's a Hall of Famer. I think Kurt Warner is the exception to the rule. I don't think he is the rule at all. And I don't think Geno Smith is going to be that good despite what he showed last week. Uh, I take Pittsburgh easily over the Seattle Seahawks, who were, again, they're already struggling. And this is when Russell Wilson was having the best season of any NFL quarterback in the league right now, besides Lamar Jackson. Um, but I'm talking offensively, yards, points, all that. Like, I want to say the Seattle Seahawks offense was leading, like, the the stat was something like the first half of games. They're outscoring everybody. Um and they were still losing with that happening. <laughs> um, so I'm taking Pittsburgh because I don't think Geno Smith is going to do much in this game. And then it brings us to the last game of this episode. 
Buffalo at Tennessee. Riding with Buffalo. Nobody circles the wagons like the Bills. Bills have been circling the wagons all season since that Pittsburgh game. I think, again, like I said, when that happened, and when I picked the game, I told, I mentioned, this is episode one, you can go watch it, you know, scroll down, or if you're on YouTube, the TV, on the TV, you kind of have to press down, and whoop. but you can watch the first episode, and I picked the Steelers to beat the Buffalo Bills in that game, and I, I picked them not because I felt like the Steelers were a better team, I felt like Buffalo came into the year with too much hype, too much fluff. Um, and I think that's why this season they've been on a tear. I think that game put everything into perspective for them to show them that they can be beat if they don't bring their best every game. And they've been doing that since. I know the Kansas City game was competitive in some people's eyes, but I don't even think it was close. Um if anything, I think Josh Allen, in his greatness, probably made that game closer than it should have been with some of the um, opportunities he had as a passer. But um, I'm taking Buffalo over Tennessee. I think Tennessee, I know we talked earlier about them. And actually, I talked earlier about them in the last episode where they're also tied for the most players on IR with 16. And I think now that I learned that fun fact, I can understand why they are struggling so much this season. And I think they continue to struggle against the Buffalo Bills. The point total, the over-under is 54. I could see like 40 to 14 <laughs> Buffalo to, to go on that over. But I think I'm going to take the under in this point if you're into over-unders. But for sure, um, Buffalo will win the game. They're a six-point favorite. I think they win the game by more than six points. I don't even think Tennessee covers the spread. And there we are. We got our week. This is week six. Is week six? This is week six, right? Um, NFL, let me go back through the picks just to recap so I can remember. Uh, Tampa Bay on Thursday night football. We got Jacksonville with the upset over Miami in um, London, United Kingdom at Tottenham Stadium. I have... Minnesota beating the Carolina Panthers. I have Indianapolis beating the Houston Texans. I have Baltimore beating the Chargers. I have Kansas City beating the Washington football team. I have Green Bay over the Chicago Bears. I have the Los Angeles Rams over the New York Giants. I have Cincinnati over the Detroit Lions. Excuse me. I have Arizona over the Cleveland Browns. Dallas Cowboys over the New England Patriots. I have the Denver Broncos over the Las Vegas Raiders. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Seattle Seahawks. And then finally, again, Buffalo, my AFC Super Bowl pick over the Tennessee Titans. Again, this has been another episode of Big Block Sports. This is episode B, the picks and predictions episode. If you're interested in NFL storylines and additional content, make sure you check out episode A. And again, come back next week. You know, I'll have, I'll have even more for you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Big Block Sports.